Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's all streaming now on Hulu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use code SHANNON. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHANNON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. Who would you be looking in the heavyweight division to fight next? Right now, I want a rematch with Tyson. He took me a little lightly, so he might come next time very heavy. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another special edition of Club Shay Shay on the Road. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay. And the guy that's stopping by for conversation on a drink, well, we have nothing to drink, so just the conversation today, <laughs> is one of the scariest heavyweights on the planet. He holds the record for the hardest punch ever recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records. He's a former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, a top 10 ranked WBC 
boxing heavyweight contender, one of the baddest men on the planet. I just nicknamed him the Cameroonian Conquistador. You know what a Conquistador is? No. That's someone looking to conquer new territory. Ah, uh, okay. Conquistador. <laughs> like the predator, okay. Francis Ngannou. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, sir. Man, thanks for stopping by, man. How you been? I've been good, you know, been paving my little, my little way. <laughs> How have your life changed? See, we're going to give you credit for the win because everybody believed that you won the fight. Yeah. Um, you got outlanded in total punches, but you threw the harder power shots. You knocked him down, something that some of the other former heavyweights <coughs> in boxing has been unable to do. So what's going through your mind? You land this punch. Did you think he was going to get up? Did you think you had won the fight? Oh, at that yeah, moment? yeah. Um, leading, uh, going up to into that fight, mm -hmm. I was very prepared. I know how tough he is. You know, I have seen him almost dead <laughs> and come back. <laughs> right. So uh, I wasn't going there to knock him out. Right. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever happened. Because usually when you think somebody is going to stay down and then he comes up, that takes something out of you. Right. You know, like I didn't want to have odd right. kind of like hope, yeah. uh, empty hope. So... I'm um, like, this fight is going to the decision, right. you know. And um, during the entire fight, I was just thinking to uh, to the ten uh, of the ten on the ten round, like, don't overdo, don't find the big the big punch, right. just keep the pace, you know. And that's how I do. Did you think you could win a decision over a heavyweight champion, or did you feel you needed to knock him out? Did you think you could get a decision? Yeah, I believe in it. I mean, that's why I train. I train for 10 rounds. I mean, to get there and um, get to in the 10th round. And in the in the 10th round, I feel like I was even more fresh than he was. Right. You know, I was very prepared. I I mean, I'm going into a sport that I'm I'm the underdog, right. massive underdog, right. because that was my first boxing match. And I'm going against the best, uh, the best in the world. So... I was, I better be prepared, right? And, uh, couldn't just count on punches, power punch, right. because he's good at, uh, counter deviating punch. So I wasn't looking for punches at all. Like, I was so scared, like, to put power and get tired. Right. My main thing was not to get tired right. before him. Right. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying, because you are such a massive underdog. Had you won that fight, that would have been the biggest upset in heavyweight history. That's bigger than, than Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. That's bigger than any other heavyweight fight. That might have been the biggest, because, like you said, you never had a, fight, a, a, a boxing match before. Yeah. And you stepped into the ring with the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, and you beat him. And that's um, that's why I like at some point even I get frustrated of the, of the decision, but I understand that there is a system, right. and you can just uh, not just be like a, a, a single wolf and just come and take the system down like that. Right. I I've been into this business a little while to understand that he works, so I knew even before the fight that if we get to that point. I, I don't have so many chances. Right. Right. But, um, you know, I wanted to prove my point. I wanted to prove that I can box. Also, for me, it was a good experience to feel it, right. to get there. And I'm like, okay, 
I get this. How do I feel in the fifth round, in the sixth round, in the eighth round? You know, all those stuff and holding and understand the game against uh, one of the best ever do it, do it. You know, so he was very important for me. So at the end of the day, like uh, after that fight, regardless of the decision, I was still happy. Right. I feel very satisfied and uh, yeah, feel like I have I've took a lot of a lot from them than what they took. Uh, from me. What gave you the confidence, considering that you had never boxed professionally, that you can get into the ring? And I don't think you stepped into the ring thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a good showing. I think you stepped into the ring believing you could beat Tyson Fury. Of course. <laughs> what, what, what gave you the confidence? You had never been in a boxing match before. Uh, you know, life is not always about theory. Okay. Uh, if life, life was about theory, I would, I would have never been here. Okay. You know, I wasn't um, meant to be here. And uh, yet I am. So you get to the point that you realize like uh, it's not about like um, the uh, experience and everything. Like mm -hmm. you understand that something's something right. going on, right? Like if I if if I walk to the bar and see a guy that is drunk and coming after me, that this guy never been in the gym. I step back first to watch what is move. I don't sit there and say, oh, I'm a prof professional fighter. No, I step back because if that got to land, <laughs> you might find yourself uh, have taken a nap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the day, regardless of like boxing, technique and everything, it's two men fighting. Right. And uh, I believe that I'm a man enough to stand in front of other men, right. even though I have a little, I have a little less bit experience. of less experience and a disadvantage, but um, I know that I'm a man and I can handle. You had Mike Tyson, who Tyson Fury is actually named after, in your corner, teaching you the ins, the outs, the intricacies of the. So when you go into the, he's a big man, he's a massive man. I think he's six foot nine. You're six foot five. You were the more muscular fighter, and you said, "I just wanted to make sure I didn't get tired, so I didn't want to put too much." into the punches and tire myself out. Yeah. But you caught you you counter him and catch him with a I think a left to the temple. Yeah. Did you see that opening? Did you could you tell like I think I can get him. This is this is the moment. No, basically that that was even a counter. That wasn't something that I prepared. But uh I saw that when he walked at uh when he walked at me in the mm -hmm. third round, I think it was for him a moment to finish the fight. Right. Kind of like, okay, we are done, let's go home now. Right. Because when the fight started, he was like, let's go to school. And then we get to the third round. He's acting like he's just gonna walk me, uh, walk, walk, through, down. walk mm -hmm. me down. Then I'm like, I'm not backing, backing up. So right. I put my hand up and wait for him. And in order to push him, I have to counter. Right. And then he get caught at that moment. Right. So you, that, that he's like. So what's going through your mind when you catch him? Do you like, man? I just put, I just no, put the no, not, not really nothing. I, I really because he wasn't a uh, strong punch, so right. I know that he's gonna get up. You didn't catch right? him with your bears. No, no. I mean, he was a punch that even hit his shoulder first okay. before he hit right. his temple. Right? But if you so, catch him flush, you believe you, you, the, the fight's over. If you don't glaze, if you don't glance his shoulder, you catch him flush with that left. You believe you put him down for, to stay. Everyone, everybody will go down. <laughs> in that one. Basically, in the third round, yeah. you're still fresh. No, everyone will go down. Right. In, with with a clean shot. Right. So, so what was what was it like taking a punch from him? Because, like you said, I mean, most of your look. 
in the UFC, the guys, I mean, you, there's so many things that you got to watch for. Mm -hmm. In boxing, you're just looking for the hands. Now, you jab, the, the uppercut, the hook, the body shots. But in UFC, you got to watch a knee, an elbow, a foot. You got to watch all that. And so most of the guys aren't punchers like you are. Now, they can end the fight. Now, the heavyweight, mm -hmm. because you got body as you go up in 215, 220, 230, Guys can end up. No, it's minute more two, two fifty. Yeah, okay, two fifty. <laughs> yeah. So what was it like taking a shot from from Tyson Fury? You he, felt he hits pretty good. I mean, <laughs> first of all, like even in the uh, in a MMA, like there's all those uh, punches from everywhere, knee kick, all mm -hmm. those stuff, but. Punchers, they are not so strong as boxer. You know, right. those guys have it in inside they know the how shoulder. To throw. They know how to throw. Yeah, they have the speed. They know how to throw it. Everything. Hit pretty good. I, I mean, I hit some good shot. I'm right. like, fuck. <laughs> 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 you know? But... Have you ever gotten hit that hard in a UFC fight? Um, I don't... I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, basically in the UFC, it's, uh, in, uh, in MMA, it's uh, four-ounce gloves. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. a lot of knuckle, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty good shot. Right. I mean, it's good when you feel a punch. That means you are still up. But <laughs> the fact that you took the punch and you kept coming forward and you didn't back down or you didn't retreat and give him confidence like, okay, he felt that power. Now is my chance. It's because you kept coming forward. Um, I was there to fight and to win. Right. I mean... <laughs> And he, he's the champion. I have to go after him. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit them. I wasn't going there to count, you know, right. because like uh, my game plan was to count him or to survive. Right. My game plan was to fight and to win. Right. You know, to dictate to dictate my own rule. That that was the game plan. Right. Like I'm going to I'm coming after you to win. Right. Yeah. So in order to do that, I have to work. You go twelve. You go ten rounds. You're like okay. Hmm. You get back. So what are you thinking? Do you think you won the fight? Yes, absolutely. Like right at that, at that moment, I was fear of happiness. Right. Which I wasn't even putting in perspective the fight, how it goes. I mean, one again, once again, it's my first fight. Right. I'm much worried about one, what is happening. I'm very detailed of like, okay, don't do this. Don't let this happen. How are you feeling? Are you going to be good uh, at the 10th round and all those? So I couldn't count at that moment. You know, I was just happy. I was first happy that I made it uh, there. But I'm like, I won, right? But. Again, I was prepared. I knew that when it goes to decision, like, it's going to be hard. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I wasn't surprised. The only thing is that it was quite obvious. You know, the difference was quite obvious. Right. There was a lot of, there was even a lot of things besides the decision that was kind of like, okay. Well, he hit you with an Ill illegal elbow it, several times. He, he hit me with the elbow once. Uh, at the beginning of the fight, um, the first contact, not even two seconds, the referee was like, break, break, you know. And from the moment that he started to initiate the uh, contact mm -hmm. on his own, then there wasn't a break anymore. At some point, I was like, okay, call, call out the break. And there wasn't calling the break. Right. So everything was arranged for him to be comfortable, you know. I understand. I was just a... 
single guy come in to take down the structure of an right. entire business. <laughs> When you look at it, he's because he's such a mountain of a man, he l normally leans on people and tires them out. Yeah. But because of your stature, you were able to withstand some of the leaning on him and you didn't get tired. And I knew, and I knew that. I knew that very well. I watched him fought, uh, basically his second fight against Deontay Wilder. I watched that very close. And by the fifth round, Deontay was like exhausted. Like, I'm like, and people, I'm like, oh, he didn't train. I'm like, he did train, but you don't understand. Like, I mean, even when Tyson showed up, I think he was uh, 273 mm -hmm. at the weigh-in. I'm like, he's going to weigh, weigh him down. <laughs> like, I knew, right? right? And that's exactly what he, what he did. Right. And um, so I was prepared on that. I worked a lot on like uh, my leg, mm -hmm. still worked some wrestling stuff. So I was prepared. Well, you acquitted yourself very well. So when you get back to the corner, you get back to your dressing room, what did Mike Tyson tell you? Was he, did he tell you he's proud of you? What did he say, man? We, no, it wasn't even at the dressing room. Like uh, after the fight, yeah. he, he carries he carried Cameron Flack was just raising like the the new heavyweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike, he doesn't right. uh, care about right. all your stuff. Right. He, he say whatever he he believe in, right. and he was just out there like the winner of the night. Right. Right. So overall. Everyone was happy. We were happy. We did a great job. Uh, everything went well. Uh, leading up into the fight, everything was good. You know, it was a good experience for everyone, the team, the people, the family around. It was a pretty good experience. You know, uh, the first time that I have, I have my family uh, attend to my fight. Right. I had like 30 family members there right. sitting first row, right. uh, watching me fight, you know, my mom, my brothers, everyone. Were you nervous? Because you say that's the first time they've seen you. Yes. I mean, you're always nervous when you're getting in something that... Um, Combat. Not Cut. competition. Yeah. Because it couldn't be... It, it, could, it could have been like uh, performing like a, a musician or mm -hmm. something. You're, you would still be nervous, right? Okay. Uh, when it comes to performance, you're always nervous. But... At some point, uh, I was just like, let's give them the show. Let's enjoy this. Who would have believed that they would be here? Like, mm -hmm. the entire village traveled to come sit there, right. uh, watch me on the big screen. And uh, the show was massive, gigantic, like never seen before, mm -hmm. right? So... So you had a great... So if, if you were to, and it seems like you're looking to pursue this full time... Are you looking for a full-time trainer or would you let Mike train you? Or is this something that Mike would be, or was this a one-off? No, first of all, Mike is not a full-time trainer. Okay. Mike was helping, he would come uh, time to time mm -hmm. to help us, uh, but it's not like he was every day, every day okay. uh, in the training. Okay, so yes. you got to put, so if this is something that you're going to pursue, you're going to have a full-time trainer. So are you looking to do this full-time and give up UFC? I mean, uh, not UFC, but MMA. MMA. Are you looking to give up MMA and just do boxing full-time? Or are you trying to do a Deion Sanders and play football and basketball? Com I mean, baseball. Combination. <laughs> I can do a little bit of both. Right. Let's see. Let's see the great fight. You know, I think at this point of uh, my career, I just won a big fight. Uh, a big show uh, uh, before I call it out. So, right. so how many? How 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 um, how long do you train for this fight? 
uh, like four months, four months for this fight. Like this was my first uh, boxing match. Mm -hmm. So uh, usually my training camp would be like 10 weeks, mm -hmm. three months max. But this one was different. So I know that I have a lot of way to go. Basically, like when it comes to endurance, mm -hmm. you know, uh, condition and stuff. So I took a lot of time ahead. So you're talking about 10 three-minute rounds versus five five-minute rounds. What's what's the diff? What did you notice a difference? There's there's a lot of difference. You know, like uh, in MMA, when you're tired. First of all, it's something that I have been doing. I have a experience. Right. I know how to manage. You know, and in MMA, when you're tired, you can attempt a takedown or lean on somebody and act like grappling, or maybe trying to take him down. Just lean on him, trying to walk a little bit and win the round. Okay. In boxing, there's not that. It's whether you better be able to stand on your feet and move. Right. Not only move your feet, move your hands. Right. You know, uh, when uh, those acid lactate uh, start to get in your hand, then you're... Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Done or in your feet, you're done. You right. better work, uh, get a good training camp in order to avoid that right. because you're not going to lean on somebody for 10 or 30 seconds to rest, to take a breath. You know, you're going to be going constantly, stand mm -hmm. up face to face. Right. So it's, it's different. So... 
I like you. So are you looking forward? So who would you want? Let's just say some promoter came and says, okay. I don't need a promoter. You don't have a promoter? I don't need a promoter. You don't mean, oh, so you're your own promoter? Yeah, I don't need a promoter. So. Give me five promotion. <laughs> that, that, that's your promoter? Yeah. I can go promote with, with whoever, have a fighter, I want to put on a fight. I don't need a promotion. Okay. So <laughs> who would you be looking in the heavyweight division to fight next? Right now, I want a rematch with Tyson. You know, uh, I, this fight built a lot of confidence uh, on me, okay. uh, in me. But also, I think uh, he took me a little lightly, so he might come next time very heavy. I want to feel it. You know, I want the rematch. But I think now that you know what to expect, I know you believe expect. he's going to come back better prepared, but you'll be better prepared because you know what to expect yeah, from yeah, the previous yeah. fight. Of course. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to uh, be prepared more, mm -hmm. put more work into it, right. you know, because... Uh, I believe now, I, I mean, I was there and uh, I, I know that I won. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that even though they gave him a victory, mm -hmm. he's coming now as a challenger. Right. And he's coming now to restore, uh, to re restore himself. himself, his reputation, mm -hmm. you know. So it's going to be, it's going to come <laughs> hard. What, what's the big, as far as training, what's the biggest difference between MMA and boxing? in your training camp? Because you say you'd go uh, probably about 10 weeks in MMA and you went four months, so you went about, you went four months, you went about 16 weeks in boxing. So what's the biggest difference? Is there more cardio in MMA? Is there more road work in boxing? What's some of the differences that you notice? It depends. Uh, whether it's MMA or boxing, everything depends on the pace that mm -hmm. you're putting in. Right. If you start, uh, whether it's boxing, and then just go there, start through heavy punch, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. First round, you can you last gas. <laughs> Right, you guys out. Yeah. Same thing with MMA. Okay. You know, like, and then basically, like MMA, if you uh, go at, after somebody trying to take down and start a force there, stay there. You guys are like this. After two minutes, you have all the acid lactic here. You know, it's also the pace how to manage that. Okay. Because there's nobody that can go like keep this uh, the, his hundred percent for like three minutes. Right. You just know how to manage it. You know, so. He all depend, but uh, I'm more. I have more experience in MMA, so I know how to manage that. Which in boxing is something that I'm still learning. You know, like on this fight, I, I saw a lot of trick mm -hmm. in the fight, a lot of thing that they were doing. That was like, okay, it's right, it's not right. Is in the mirror, okay. You know, so they can let it go, pass. What What about the weight cut? I mean, how much? I mean. You're a fairly large man. I mean, what do you walk? What's your walk around weight? Like two seventy five. Okay, so you so you go into an MMA fight. How much do you normally weigh? MMA fight, I will go two sixty, two fifty, maybe two fifty seven. For this boxing match, how much did you weigh? Two sixty five. Okay, so there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot. There was not a whole lot of cut. I didn't cut. I don't cut weight. You don't cut weight. I lose weight during training camp. Okay. It's not like I don't do something specific to cut weight. Right. I don't um, uh, eat less. Right. I just eat So clean. all these drastic weight cuts that yeah. we see some of them MMA fighters no, do, no, you don't no. do that? I okay. don't do that. I mean, when you're training uh, twice a day, every time you're going, you're putting everything. Come on, man. You're going <laughs> to lose that weight. You're going to lose that weight. Right. So 
a lot of people thought the fight was going to be scripted because they see you know, see these exhibitions. They see uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, uh, the Paul brothers, and they see some of this stuff. But I think early on they could tell this is not scripted. This is real. I mean, that's what that's what they said. At the, some people thought at the beginning, and we made it clear that this is going to our record. Yeah. Right. If you lost, you lost. It's like you're not thirty-three zero anymore. You're thirty-three one. Right. Is going there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then exhibition doesn't go on the record. Right. In exhibition, you they don't need all those official, uh, all those staff, all those drug testing staff mm -hmm. because they know at the end of the day it's just uh, to put on a show. I mean, the fight was in Saudi Arabia, and you have Kanye showed up, M showed up, De La Hoya, Holyfield, Cristiano Ronaldo, Conor McGregor, Vince McMahon, Undertaker, Lil Baby perform. What was it like to see, like, you way in Saudi Arabia? This wasn't Vegas, and we understand that Vegas is the fight capital of the world. You're in Saudi Arabia, and you have so many big names showing up to see a guy that's never been in a boxing match before mm -hmm. to see you fight. Yeah, and something that you don't even see in Vegas you know, that uh, concentration of a celebrity in one spot. I think that that was the biggest concentration of <laughs> uh, celebrity in one spot. And listen, like even before that, like uh, when, um, when we signed the fight three months out, the fight, uh, we start, they started a promo video, a uh, video a music clip. Mm -hmm. And then that was the moment that you, uh, I realized that no, it's not the same. It's not going to be the same right. at all. You know, like that video, that uh, video uh, for the the clip, we shoot it in Hollywood. One week in Hollywood, just shooting a video clip, and now I'm like, okay, it's not the same. It's not, like, <laughs> not the same at all. We don't do it. We, I never do something <laughs> like this. Right. Ronaldo gifted you a hundred and thirty something thousand dollar watch. What did that mean? I mean, everybody know he's one of the most visible, recognizable people on the planet. And he said, bro. I think he gave me more than that. He gave me more than a watch. Uh, well, he, gave you more, he gave you more gifts? No, I mean, it's, gifts is not always what somebody gives you. Right. I think it's the time. Yeah. Um, like, Early this year, uh, right after I separated with the UFC, um, I, I left the UFC early this year, and then I went to Saudi. And um, we were, tr um, they were trying to make me uh, uh, meet Cristiano, and it didn't work out. The guy that said, oh, we have a dinner or something. It didn't work out, okay. I think he was full of shit. <laughs> but um, then we were in into a meeting at the at the hotel mm -hmm. uh, restaurant, and then my guy saw one of his uh, his guy Ricardo, right. and now I'm like, ah, that's R uh, Ronaldo guy, and he went uh, to him and said, hey, Rick, and started talk, and he said, oh. Um, and then he introduced me. He said, ah, Ronald Cristiano is a huge fan of Francis. And I'm like, yeah, maybe another guy that <laughs> pretend to know Ronald Cristiano, right. right? So he said, okay, let me call. So he pick on the phone and call uh, Cristiano and say, yes, I'm here with Francis Ngannou, blah, 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 blah. And then hang up. I wasn't hearing the other side of the right. phone. And then hang up and say, yeah, uh, he said, we should come up. He's at the pool. I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
But I just follow the guy. <laughs> you followed him up. Yeah, like, okay, what's going to happen? Right. He's not going to chop my head. Right. So, right? <laughs> then we went up to the pool and yes, Cristiano was there with his wife, his daughter and staff. He was in the short and we introduced because to be honest, I wasn't expecting, I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo say, hey, who is this? I wouldn't be surprised right. that he didn't know me, right? right. And then you know, I'm like, hey, what's up, champ? I started to talk, started to talk. And I find, found out that he knows a lot about me. He knows my story. He knows my fight. He was giving me detail about the fight, like how I fight this guy. What, how can I fight this guy? Which one is better between this guy and this guy if I fight? Start. I'm like, well, how come what? do you know much? And he said, we wake, uh, my family and uh, I, we went down every time when you fight uh, to watch your fight. And I w we were standing next to the pool like this, talking for like uh, 40, 40 minutes at wow. least. And I think that was more than a watch. Right, yeah. Right? And just, just the interaction. The interaction. And he was giving me advice, the reason why he took this decision, why I did this. People don't understand, they think this, but I did this because of this. I'm like, wow. You know, you have to know the man, know mm -hmm. the public face, yeah. figure, mm -hmm. him, himself, and understand his mind. And I'm like, this is very interesting. And he was giving me some, right. some advice. And um, at the end, you know, he was so genuine that at the end I was like, I can't live without having my picture with Cristiano, <laughs> right? I gotta right. get a proof. I'm right. like, um, but I was still a little embarrassed to talk about picture. And then I'm like, yeah, no, no worry, let's go. And then he put his shirt on. Uh, we went to uh, on the shade mm -hmm. and started to take picture and right. like, okay, let's do face off. And he was laughing, hugging right. me. Right. You look at that picture. It seems like we know we know each other for years. Right. Yeah. It was our first time meeting. It was, this is how genuine he was. And then I was going to save my picture for whenever I'm going to post it is my picture with Cristiano. Couple hours after I found the picture, I just find uh, my, the notification on mm. my phone started like, Trrr. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I checked. Cristiano post, post that picture and say, uh, was happy to meet you today, uh, champ Francis and Ganu, all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. Wow. That's when I post mine. That was way more than a watch. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, some, what was some of the best advice that you've gotten being in that situation because you got exposed to a lot of different things that you didn't get exposed to in the MMA by taking this fight? with Tess Tyson Fury. So what were some of the things that people have reached out and given you advice about moving forward? Uh, listen, most of the time, basically, when you're doing something that people don't understand your decision, it's not about advice. Mm -hmm. uh, people will always be, uh, most people, some people will support you, people that are on your side will support you even when, even when they disagree with you. Right. They still support you because it's you, mm -hmm. right? Um, but as far as advice, who was the guy that really believed in it in order to give you advice? Right. So everybody was like, um, I don't know about that, <laughs> right? So, and then you have to do yourself, to, to yourself. You have to have this self-conversation with yourself. Like, okay, am I good? Yeah, that was my decision. Right. I wanted this, I wanted this, I'm doing this. And at the end of the day, what could be worse? 
maybe for me the worst is not to try the worst is not to try and fail so i don't care i'm right. getting into the position that nobody have ever expect expect me to get there i'm doing something that is uncomfortable for everyone i'm taking a risk this challenge i could have just say in mma i'm more comfortable there and yeah. this but i'm taking a challenge right at the end of the day what i want to tell my kid is that i dare Right. That's all what matter. Would you, <clears throat> Deontay Wilder? Uh, obviously, he fought Tyson Fury tw uh, three times. Three I think. times. Um, they had a draw, um, and then Fury beat him the last two times. Would you be willing to fight him in a boxing match? Of course. Even before this Tyson fight, we were talking uh, with him. Like uh, he, he is also willing to fight me in MMA. Now, come on, Francis. Oh no, for real, Francis, stop. Why would you even take that fight? Why? Yes. Okay. Let me tell you why. Let's say he's not fighting me. He's fighting somebody else, right? I look at the profile of that fighter. I put my money on Deontay. Basically, I mean, even just as a boxer, basically, now that he's like really intent to do that MMA and be training on, I put money on him because he just need to cut somebody <laughs> to land a punch. Man. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
And yeah, <laughs> but you know them jokers go have them legs, them long legs. Man, they, they. But it could also be a mixed room. Oh, so we you were, can't we, kick we, or we something were, like we that? We were thinking of a mixed room. Okay, yeah. Right? Uh, because... Honestly, I think it's going to be too hard for him if we don't mix the rules. The one thing about MMA, you can't be one-dimensional. Ronda Rousey was one-dimensional. Uh, Conor McGregor's one-dimensional. Really? Yeah, he just throw punches. He has a good ground game, too. Man, say. every time they take him to the ground... Uh, uh, somebody will, will always have a... There's always somebody that has a better ground game than somebody. And when they say you have a decent decent ground game, it's not the best on the game, you know. <clears throat> it's a sport of uh, multiple discipline, multiple yes. dimension. Yes. Uh, you, you have to be decent at some. Right. And most of the time, champion is not great at one, uh, one thing or... Good it's, at a lot. Just good at a lot. You just need to be good at a lot. Yes. Then... Besides, uh, good at a lot, your fighting IQ make make you even higher. Because sometimes you fight it, you're fighting a wrestler. You know that as soon as you guys get in the contact, you, you can feel the clinch. You can feel okay. He it's different. This guy be wrestling for twenty years. Right. You can wrestle for three, two, three months in the training camp and come compete with somebody right. that be uh, eating wrestling for his entire life. Right. right? So. You just have to avoid to go to that territory, mm -hmm. you know, play with that. But at the end, you might win the fight, but it doesn't mean you're a best wrestler. If they put you guys in the wrestling game, he will eat you. People like you fight <laughs> in one minute. <laughs> yeah, wrestling, because I'm going to get tired. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to avoid getting tired when you try to wrestle somebody yeah. because... <laughs> Yes, because you contract. Yeah. You're always like this. Crispy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, relax. What about Anthony Joshua? Would you be willing to fight Anthony Joshua of in the box? Of course. I'm willing to he fight. He said he'd knock you out. He, I mean, this is what he, he said. said he said what? He said he'd knock you out. Well, but, but even Tyson Fury said the same thing. And Tyson Fury is better than Anthony Joshua. So what do I care about what people say? You heard that, Anthony? He said, you heard what he said? He said Tyson Fury is better than you. He beat Tyson Fury. What do I care about what people say? <laughs> I mean, I've been into this game so long. Right. I have seen so much. Right. I've heard so much what people intend to do. Right. There is a difference between wanting to do and be able to do or to do. Or, or saying what you're going to do until you get into the ring and then have to do. Yeah. So would you be willing to fight him in like a, a mix, like a like you said you and Deontay? In want? anyone, in yeah. anything that he wants. Yeah. Anything. Anything, anything that he wants. You want. just want him in the ring. Yeah, anything that he wants. Ring of octagon. <laughs> you know, like, the good thing about this is, like, I'm the one that can go everywhere right. more comfortably. Right. You know, my, uh, my comfort zone will be octagon. But I'm going to the ring and putting them into a bad spot in the ring. So, so you go so you're going into their territory. Yeah, I'm conquering. You can't you can keep it. You're conquering care. new territory. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Because I have my territory where they cannot mess with me. No. Even if, and if they come, they will need something like some favor. Like, okay, give, I give you this. Okay, we take a kick out. Okay, we, I have to give him something. Yeah. You can't kick. You can't elbow. Chance. Yeah. You, basically, you just basically got to box. Or, I mean, well, no. You just have to box him in the octagon. Yeah. Because now you can't take him down because they can't afford the takedown. Yeah. I have to give him something. <laughs> but when we step in the ring, they don't, don't give, give you anything. anything. 
But I said get them in trouble. Right. So leaving the UFC, was that a very hard decision for you? Um, it was a decision that uh, if it was up to me, I wouldn't take that decision. You know, the situation made me take a decision. Right. But it wasn't something that I was expecting or that I was thinking. But I get to the point that I realized that for my good, uh, for my best, I have to take the, uh, the, the right decision for myself. Right. And that was a good decision for myself. Because I'm looking at some of the things that you requested. You requested health insurance, the ability to have sponsorship for all UFC fighters. Uh, you were the advocate for, for fighters in all contract negotiation. And when UFC, de they denied your request, they resigned you. It's like, okay, you're the first reigning champ to leave the UFC since 2004. So almost 20 years, Francis. Yes. But the reason why I did that, uh, you know, it wasn't something that uh, even uh, early in my career I was thinking about. The reason that I uh, was requesting all those stuff because was the thing that the person pushed me in the position that my back was against the wall. Then I have to figure out that, okay, this is what's wrong. This is what's, what's wrong. This is what get me here. If I wasn't back on the wall, maybe I wouldn't have figured that out. So then when I, when I uh, get my back off that wall, I'm like, no, I don't want to get in that position that I'm powerless. In fact, in fact, we all are in those positions that we we are powerless. So you need to give something up, right. you know, uh, not to make it, it, it can be even, but at least give something up. Right. Like I have a contract that I have no leverage in that contract, no power, nobody could advocate for me. Uh, everything that is there is what you say. And uh, I mean, like, even when they talk up, uh, you talk about extension, you decide you are the party and the judge. You say, okay, this, uh, we are extending you. I don't even have a right to fight. I don't have, and those kind of things, they put me in the position to start thinking like that. Right. So obviously that's how it come out. So what was, I mean, so when you, obviously you have, uh, being heavyweight champ, you have a relationship with somewhat of a relationship with Dana. You sit down and have a conversation. You say, well, Dana, bro, come on now. I understand you You guys have built this. You have an unbelievable company. But I'm Francis Ngannou. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. Make, make some concessions. No, I mean, he wasn't about me because um, I don't just think that, oh, I'm Francis Ngannou. What the hell? What, what do they have to do with the <laughs> fact that you're Francis Ngannou? Right. I'm a fighter, and I believe that uh, a fighter is the one that make that company, right? right. Without a fighter, uh, there is not a promotion, there is not UFC or there is not any other pro fighting promotion. How about just thinking of like giving them a fighter a little bit of a condition? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I said, uh, the, advocate, uh, the advocate for the fighters was just like, let's get somebody that, it wasn't even about a union, I said, let's just get somebody that speak for the fighters, uh, who will represent the fighters in the board meeting. Because I do believe that sometimes your decision hurt fighter, hurts fighter, but you didn't mean to, but you're seeing stuff from your perspective. But if somebody was there to uh, explain you the fighter perspective, maybe you would have understand better and uh, find a, uh, um, make a uh, concession mm -hmm. and make it a good decision for everyone. Right. So that was that was my request. Yeah. It wasn't like a big You want a fighter's advocate. A advocate, right? And uh, the reason why I did that um, also leading to a sponsorship because I lost a sponsorship 
for uh, the amount of money that I never make fighting, right? Wow. Because of one of their sponsors. So I'm in the position that oh, I'm like, okay, I'm not making money. I can't fight until you guys want me to fight. If you are not happy to me, I cannot fight. And I have no right. That contract gives me no right to claim like, okay, I have a right to fight, uh, to fight a year minimum. Right. There's nothing. You can sit me there for two, one year and a half and say, oh, we are looking. Oh, this doesn't work. This didn't work out. Oh, oh this can be good. Wow. And I'm like, no, that's not fair. That's right. not right. 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 You are taking everything out uh, from me. Oh, my right. Exclusivity. Because you only make money if you fight. Yeah. And so I'm exclusive. I'm supposedly independent uh, contractor. Uh, contractor, but I'm not. Because I think the word independent contractor is just not to give me the benefit that uh, employees will have, like such as health so, insurance. Yes. And uh, most of the time, uh, we in this sport, we get to the point that we need um, uh, surgery or something that is more that we can afford. We cannot right. afford. A lot of fighters still fight paycheck after paycheck. Right. Uh, and that's why, like, uh, when when they finish a fight, go home, sit, and pray that they receive a call uh, for the promotion for the UFC to fight again, uh, to in order to have money. And by the time they they, they have a fight, they already broke. They they already they already spent uh, the money that they made from the, the money last fight. from the last fight. So at least you cover something. Like I have seen fighter. I mean, even now I still see a lot of fighter that get hurt, but they can't go to the hospital. They have, and they can't pull out, pull out from the fight because they need to go because you have to make the money. No, they need to go into the fight. When they come out of the, of the fight, they, they claim it as they was hurt in the fight. Mm -hmm. so that the only, that's the only, because that's the only moment that they are covered. They have the insurance. Mm -hmm. But if they don't do that, if they don't go to the fight, they will never benefit from that insurance. And I think it's not fair, you know, uh, in a sport that you're using your body, going after, you know, you have a surgery, injury, and then you have to go with this injury for like maybe one or two months just because you cannot afford uh, a uh, surgery or something. I think... <laughs> You said something very interesting. You said that you had an opportunity for a sponsorship that you would make more money from that sponsor than you would in the fight, but you couldn't do the sponsorship because of the sponsor with the UFC. Yeah. So the Dana then says, okay, Francis, you can't do that sponsorship, but since we have a sponsor, you can do this sponsor. Did he come to you with that? Uh, No. And that, again, you know, that's the, the kind of concession that I don't want. I think at this point, we are getting to the place that we can have our own right. And the reason, um, I think, um, fighter get robbed from their platform, which is like, uh, sponsorship. Sponsorship is what athletes most of the time. Yeah, know, they, yeah. Get a little more money. Right, Basically, yes, for yes. those who doesn't make money, right. they count a lot of, right, of yeah. sponsorship and, Obviously, when you have right. when you're having a lot of, or you money. can have an endorsement on uh, your trunks or something like that. In yes, bed, you know, gaming sites or you know something of Whatever. that nature. Yes, yeah. But, and I understand that uh, they want to make this sport clean and this. Yes, that's good. You know, uh, credit to you. But at least have a department so you say, okay, maybe 
fighters are allowed to have one or two that will be checked mm -hmm. if everything and fit check, uh, check uh, fit into the box if if so they can have it you know but have it because that's their uh, their own right. but now you have to wear or carry all those uh, sponsor on you that you you, you got to use all know. the UFC sponsors yeah basically so no value for you right. John Jones Dan, John Jones and Dana White Dana said Francis won't take, wants to take zero risk. He's obviously didn't want to take a chance with John Jones. He also said Dana wants to fight the lesser of opponents and make money. Is there any regret that you left the UFC without getting an opportunity to settle you and John Jones? I always regret it. Before I left the UFC, I've been asking this fight for almost three years. And guess what? what? They've been telling me that John Jones is scared. John Jones doesn't want to fight. John John doesn't want this. John John has enough of, enough money. Right. He's living in Abu Kukid, uh, that he's not spending that much money, so he doesn't need a risk. John John is not this. John John doesn't want this, and that's how they keep rolling, you know. So it's a mechanism that they use in any sense, right, mm -hmm. um, of negotiation. And I'm sure, like, maybe uh, at the same time, uh, if John John is asking the same fight, they will say the same thing into this fight. And that's the problem. When you have a, somebody in the mirror that is controlling the information, the only thing that I know from John John's is what the UFC will tell me from John John. The only thing that John John will know from me is what the UFC will tell him. So what mean? The power is here. He manipulates everything, uh, uh, both sides and public opinion. What if the UFC and, and, and your current uh, MMA sanctioning body says, you know what? <clears throat> this fight is too big not to happen. Just like we saw with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. That was too much money for it not to happen. So we got 20, we got 40, we got 50 million. Mm -hmm. We're going to split it right down the middle. Well, I've been claiming this fight. I'm in the PFL. They can, we can do the same thing as they did with, uh, with Floyd Mayweather. But at this, uh, at this moment, PFL need to be involved. Right. Yeah. But they want to cut PFL out. They just want to be. I don't or you don't, or you I, don't I, I don't know what you, they want to do, but I do know. But you would be, you would be willing to fight John Jones. No, I, I'm willing to. I'm willing to stay now as long as they can't, we can find a way. I'm willing to do that fight. Not to go back to the USA, but to But just that, just that one, just that one, for yeah. one, this is a one time offer. Yeah, just to fight John Jones. But I mean, but let me ask you a question. Yes. You make twenty five million. Let's just say for the sake of art, because this is gonna be the biggest. It's gonna be the biggest fight in UFC history. Yeah, you're a champion. He's a champion. Many believe he's the greatest MMA fighter ever. I no matter do, what, I, I believe too. So you're gonna make a. Now you get twenty five. You get thirty, forty million dollars in your bank account. How does Francis Ngannou stay motivated? That changes. That amount of money, because now all of a sudden Francis got on, first, he got on mink slippers. No, f first of all, you have to, I think you have to find out what's keep you, what is your motivation. Okay. Sometimes, uh, some people motivation is money. Mm -hmm. And for some people, money is the, money will help them to get higher, to find more. Like we are today in the gym, uh, to a, private gym that I have on my own. Money allows me to do that, you know, to set. But I'm using money to get, uh, build my own infrastructure mm -hmm. and just to get better because 
I'm going somewhere. I'm using it to accommodate myself better to, to better to equip myself better to get there. I'm using those money to maybe when needed, uh, I don't have to take appointment with physic uh, at physic for with physical therapy. I just have my own personal uh, physical therapy, mm -hmm. and that's what I did, right? Uh, but my motivation is still the same. My drive wasn't to get money. Money will help me to get what I want. My drive was to get do the best that I can possibly do to find out how far I can go. And I'm still about to find out how I can go. Every time this um, get bigger and bigger, you feel the need of this, right? So you think uh, before the Tyson fight, I was sitting home like, oh no, I'm not hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. No. I mean, it's been a long time since I'm not hungry, but I need, <laughs> yeah. I need that motivation, right? right. right? Uh, I, I still have that motivation and even better. It's getting even better because you get that and then your needs. You see what side of you want more. Yeah. No, I mean, more to achieve. Like, what yes. can I do? Like, uh, when I started my career, there wasn't like oh, a potential John John fight would be the biggest fight, one of the biggest fight. There wasn't a Tyson Fury fight that would be a biggest fight. You get to the point that you can get all that. Why would you? It would be a waste to retire without uh, having right. all that, without testing yourself like that, since that's your, your goal. November is here, and we're in the heart of football season. Basketball and hockey are just getting started. So many games to watch on any given day. But wouldn't it be better if they were live? The best way to get tickets to any of these games this month is on Game Time, the fastest-growing ticket app in the U.S. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help save you money on tickets. You can find exclusive deals and sponsor deals on games and concerts daily. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And with Game Time Guarantee, you will always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of it. Buying tickets at Game Time. Create an account. Redeem code SHAYSHAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter the code SHAYSHAY, S-H-A-Y, S-H-A-Y, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.